Let's talk about sex. Hi folks, how are you? We hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day Absolutely. last week. Absolutely, and so wherever you are as you're listening to this, I want to say thank you and that you rock. Because yes, we love our listeners. Our listeners are what make this show so much fun. Wait, I thought I'm what made it so much fun. Well, you're that's just a given, Gina. But <laughs> it also is getting feedback from our listeners, getting comments, getting questions, yes. getting thoughts. And if you want to join that little festivity, send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also hop on iTunes and give us a review, especially if you like what you hear. Give us a five-star review because that helps spread the word. And I noticed just the other day that in the sexuality category of iTunes, which is filled with a lot of garbage, by the way, mm-hmm. just my own little soapbox for a second, we are number 23. Yay! That's pretty awesome for considering all that is out there. Wow. I would love to see that continue to climb and for our message of healthy sex in marriage... Mm-hmm. to spread far and wide. Mm, and so this is absolutely. Sexy Marriage Radio with Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris, and we are glad that you are here and hope that if you were on that Carnival Cruise Line that floated for days and days and days, we hope that you're back home safe and sound and enjoying <laughs> life and yeah, dealing with what all unfolded and telling some great stories. Oh, man. Because <laughs> I have friends that were, on, that were on that, and so I'm interested to hear... All that unfolded. Oh, I've, my heart goes out. Should be interesting. So I, I know we have, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time. I want to get right into a subject that's that's pretty prevalent. Yeah, that, that pretty much up, the core. pretty well by a, a listener. So go for yeah. it. Yeah, so uh, we got a message. It says, uh, this one came to me actually. Love the podcast and also your video series. Oh, yeah, thanks. Come see me and you'll hear more about that. <laughs> I messaged you. Oh, because he couldn't find Corey on Facebook. That's because Corey closed his account. My wife always says that sex is my only priority in marriage. We only have uh, sex two or three, every two or three weeks. And if I ask her at all during that time, I get rejection. He says, I don't force myself on her at all. And um, he's actually pulled back on his affection because all this you know she she doesn't like the hugs and kisses and so he's just really stumped what do i do wow okay so we're we're basically dealing with low sex low sex and a resentful spouse well, is it resentful low, though? With, I don't know no, if I would categorize it in the, it, in the resentful. Exactly. World. Just either she has low sex drive or she has sexual aversion. Okay. Based on all the meaning that she applies to, thinking that he, she says that he counts the days between when they have sex and all those things. He says, well, sometimes. And I, so we get that a lot. She, obviously, she's not an accountant. Or or in something where that really speaks volumes to her. Because my wife, you know, I married a CPA, and I can pull out Excel spreadsheet kind of stuff, and I think that gets her jazzed. Oh, that's so funny. My husband, too. (laughs) Not not really, honey. I mean, sorry. But that's that's one of the kind of comical things, that that's what she loves. His answer to all data is a spreadsheet. But... um, (laughs) 
That's so funny. <laughs> but I hear this a lot from the wives that the husband only thinks about sex and he counts the days and she's not even thinking in her mind. She thinks, well, we just had sex in his mind. He's saying it's been 14 days or 20 days. And then she says, well, what do you do? Count the days. So it's definitely mismatched desire. And then all the stress that feeds into that, which is pretty much what Okay, on the this show. Is, okay, this is interesting because one little caveat real quick, because the show we did last time was on that research study that showed if you do gender-specific kind of stuff around the house, it the sexual scripting plays out more with more the frequency of sex goes up, with guys being more guys, girls being more girls. That's just kind of a <laughs> lame summary of what we just did. Uh, it is, but, but what's we, interesting, we, forgot, though, we forgot a big piece to that story I thought about later. Okay, well, hold on to that thought real quick before I, I lose will. my train of thought. That What's interesting is in that study, when they looked at the data, they found that husbands reported lower frequency of sex than did women. So in the same relationship, a husband sees that they have sex less and a woman sees that they have sex more. Exactly. There, so that, and that data, I'm positive, was stored in a spreadsheet. Absolutely. But, but you're right. So looking at the same relationship, the men will think. Right. We're not having it enough, and less. she'll be thinking we have it more more than we are, or right. however you want to phrase it. I mean, so it's, it's interesting how we skew it. Yes. Not that either is right or wrong. It's just That's just data. But what did we miss out real quick before we jump in? Because I'm sure this will correlate to what we're dealing with today. We we didn't quantify what more was. More sex. Ah. Because I think it was only like 1.5 times more per month. Per month, right. Yeah, so it's not like it's every day. Yeah. Because the average is still what? Once, one point something a week? Oh, so it could be 25% more. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, so let's – do we want to go male or female to start with? Because this is a – I mean, again, I think this is all cased in the whole high-desire, low-desire world that exactly. neither is right, neither is wrong. You know, exactly. she's she is not, neither right or wrong in saying, you count the days, I'm, I'm feeling pressured, I don't want the amount of sex you want. You know, that's, that's neither right nor wrong, and he is the same. Of pursuing exactly. her, wanting more sex, wanting more intimacy. That's where intimacy. That's probably a, a leap. I, I don't know if that's exactly. He wants more right. affection. He, he says. wants more sex and affection. Right. Okay. So, but he's neither right or wrong as the high desire. Hmm. So, where do you want to start? You start with the answer for him, and then I'll talk to the women that represent her. Okay. So, for the guy, for the husband, that's the high desire, who is married to a wife. That is frustrated at their sexu- at their sex life. I mean, that's really what it sounds like. Is she feels pressured? Um, she doesn't feel pursued. Oh, okay. She doesn't feel pursued. She does feel pursued as an object, as a sexual exactly, object, exactly for sex, but exactly. maybe not as a woman. Or okay, keep going. My take is that she immediately, whatever he does, she. She equates it to him wanting sex, so he feels like he can't win. So that's the outcome all the time. I'll get the door for you, so, and that's just my foreplay. <laughs> In a lot of couples, that is how that plays out. Okay. Okay, because the, the thing that 
the, what jumps out to me when you were reading the, the question or the, the comment was mm-hmm. when I ask for sex, she turns it down. First off, don't ask for sex. Right. As a if I ask her at all, yes, yeah, during that time. Don't ask because you just set up the scenario where she can then all of a sudden choose no. And this could seem like a, a manipulation, but it, and maybe it is, but it, it is part of, I think, our biology that if you're the high desire, you don't usually want to set up a scenario where she can say no. You want to pursue her and go after what you want. And when she, when you reach that threshold of no, I'm not interested, no, I don't want it, no, it's not the right time, whatever, it's her responsibility to say no. That's that assume your spouse is the most adventurous, spontaneous, passionate person on the planet. And that she's always said yes. You just assume that. You kind of have to retrain your brain to put that into the default mold, mode of, I'm going to always go after her because I'm going to assume she's always said yes. It's her responsibility to say no. And when she does, you don't take it personal and you refer back to the first rule, which is assume she's the most spontaneous, adventurous person on the planet. And that will shift the system. It or, shifts your or it's going to bring about what's, it's going to, or it's going to bring about what's really going on. Yes, it will. I know the guys are saying I've tried that, but your the energy that you put out there when you're expecting a negative response, it's it's pitiful, right? So it's it is a different it's, approach. It's, it's timid. It's yeah. hesitant. It's you know whatever, but. Let me ask you this, Gina, because you were in that boat mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. When you were in that boat and not at all, I mean, would you say you were averse to sex? No, I just was baffled why I okay. But had did you, no drive. Did you have things that you would see or have happen in your life that would produce a tingle, <laughs> if you will, that would kind of... Yeah get you at least kind of interested or partially aroused or a spark or something, whether it was Paul or not. I don't think so. That's why I would be so puzzled with women that would just do it anyway. I would think, I just can't. Okay. So I don't even know what kind of mold I fit into. It's just why my heart really goes out to the wives that just say, I I just don't know where my sex drive is. Okay. Because it wasn't, I felt like it was completely beyond my control. Okay. Because my... I mean, biologically speaking, we are all created as real, re, as sexual beings and relational beings. Well, heck yeah. And plus, I'm Italian, so I really knew there was something wrong okay. with me. <laughs> Maybe you just weren't <laughs> eating enough Italian food. Um, I guess. Because at the, at the bare basic, sexual arousal is a response to stimuli. It's a response right. to something. And oftentimes, I think when there's an issue going on, between a husband and a wife, and it's in the sexual arena, specifically when there's an issue going on and he is the high-desire spouse, a majority of it is his fault. I just don't think so. You don't? I I don't, because there's not just how you feel about your spouse. From a woman's point of view, there's how you feel about sex itself. Okay. Which, in my case, wasn't even negative until after a while, all it meant 
every time it brought up was that critical element of how you feel about yourself. Right. So that's such a huge key that is hard to overcome and, and how you feel about your stress, how right. you deal with stress. Right. So if there's all this stuff just robbing your body of its ability, you know, all your stress hormones are turned into cortisol instead of, you know, testosterone and, and estrogen. Right. You're just physically in a place where, man, I would look at my guy and think, I love him. I just had so much affection for him, thought he was the greatest thing, but sex was like, ah, really? Okay. Naked? And I didn't know why, because we were great on the honeymoon. And so I always feel like there's that complexity of how you feel about yourself, your right. spouse, and, and your it, senses. This is a complex thing. And so there's, and there's not linear results that happen with this. It's not that, okay, I'll just all of a sudden start pursuing my wife and that'll increase our sex. Yeah, no, not necessarily. But because we don't, so many different factors play into what makes what happens in a relationship. You can also attempt to change things in so many different ways and bring about big results. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, I recommend it. If she's feeling stressed, you know, and then it's reflecting on how she feels about herself. If she's not able to relax into her sensuous side, then some of her basic needs are not being met as far as her significance, her adventure, her security. That's where part of it is his fault. Exactly. He can at least look at those elements. He can see a a bigger picture. But he also, at the same time, the husband needs to see his own life in a bigger picture. That life is not just sex. Even if you were in a marriage where you had sex every single day of the year, what are you doing Mm -hmm. with the other 23 hours of the day every other day, every day? I mean, because you can only have sex for so long because the doctor, you know, commercials even say erection longer than four hours. You better call your doctor. Yeah, that's a marathon. Yeah, that's pain. But it's just one of those where this sex is such a huge thing. And so sometimes as a husband, when that is the focus, because it's it's a deprivation focus because it's not enough. And so that's what I'm obsessing over. Right. When I will shift my thinking to more of I'm going to work on creating a great cake of life. I'm going to create a good fullness of life. I'm going to be passionate about everything I do, not just sex. I'm going to wash the dishes passionately. I'm going to go to work passionately. I'm going to play sports passionately. I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going to be fully alive in that. That then spills over into your wife, and it starts to create a scenario in the system where she realizes, okay, if I want to be with him, I need to start addressing some of these aversions or some of these stress things or some of these things that are going on because this is about to get to where it could be really blown up. Right. And when Corey says passionately, you're probably for a lot of the guys out there, their temperament is not like Mr. Passion. So it's not romantic passion though. It's just fully with presence. Yeah. Do it well, right. and be it, well be means present. Yeah, be, it pr- mm-hmm. be present in it. That's the, the, the right. correlation. Here's here's what changed things for me. Um, when I was coming out of the ministry, and my my marriage was in shambles at the same time, and so I went through about two for about two years on and off. I went through through some good therapy. Had a great therapist, so cannot recommend that more highly. That, and obviously, I do this as a, as a living, too, but seek help 
when you have things that are going on to help get better perspective or a coach, something. Right. One of the things that he, my therapist asked me, he said, Corey, where, where are you alive? What do you do right now to where you are just passionate and alive? And I said, it's on the basketball court. I was playing pickup ball three times a week. And he said, what's the difference between that Corey and the Corey and the rest of his life? And that right there changed everything. I realized, okay, I, I, was, having, I was passionate when I played basketball. I wasn't passionate about much else. So I need to figure out how to blend those and let some of that yeah. off the court spill, spill into the other parts of my life. And that shifted things for me because then I realized, okay, I'm not. And then I still, I still go back to that train of thought of I'm, I'm doing something reluctantly or I'm doing something begrudgingly. You know, it's like, oh, I hate, you know, because there's lots of things in life that you just have to do. You know, as a man, you just have to do, you know, there's stuff that needs to be done that your wife just can't do. So you're going to do it and you may not enjoy it, but all right, I'll do it. Well, I can go into it with this, oh, grumble, grumble, grumble kind of attitude, or I can go into it. No, I'm going to do this because this is a providing, I'm creating something, whatever. And that spills over. I mean, I think a woman picks up on that. Yeah, the best way I've heard that in one axiom is to do what you love and love what you do. Life is good. Yeah, it's all a choice. Yep. So love what you do. And, and to that lower desire spouse, that often takes away the energy as well. Feeling completely trapped. Right. You know. And, and used. Yeah. It, you're all touched out with your children. You're tapped out with your job. You're busy. And then the husband can seem like one more chore. So same same thing, just not being engaged and present. And that, that helps. Yeah. Because then, you're, then you can institute the art of non-sexual touch. Mm-hmm. And it still may be something that leads to sex later, but it's more about I'm, I'm wanting a deeper connection. And sex is a component of that. It's not the culmination of that. Because that's one of those things that I think men... We can exacerbate that by, okay, I'm going to pursue and 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 then I'm going to get sex and then I'm going to totally leave you alone. <laughs> That's funny. As opposed and, to and real, right. I, I get sex and I still want to stay connected to I still want to talk to you. I still want to hug. I still want to touch you. I want to hold your hand. You know, because and even if as a guy, guys, even if you want to just, okay, I had sex. Now I'm going to start working towards the next time I can have sex. <laughs> okay. But it's. It's not the culmination. It's not you haven't reached the peak. You've just that's just part of the journey of a whole life together, not just that one moment. Right. So for the guys, I I guess both both spouse, I would have you get more clear on what it is that you really value because everybody values uh, these different needs. Mm -hmm. I mean, these have been around in our personal development and field forever that everybody has a a need for like we said earlier for security for significance for adventure uh for contribution you know uh so ask yourself what what do you think is my spouse's biggest need like in paul's case he needs security where i probably like adventure a little bit more so and that's everyone says that's flip-flop oh all women want security but in in light of how you relate erotically towards each other, if those needs are just not even 
ministered to at all, then your desire really does wane, both in yourself, you're not feeling your energy flourishing, and towards your mate. Mm -hmm. So look look at your spouse from that way and say, how how am I helping to meet their desire for significance and and adventure? Mm -hmm. Will help, I think. Yeah, and it, what? Yeah, it can, and it's in. It also boils down to you realize I have multiple sources to to meet exactly. my needs. Exactly, exactly. Because it's, it's if not you just are... my spouse, right. obviously we are big proponents of that's where 100 percent of your sexual energy is devoted, is in your marriage, in that relationship. Period. But I have a lot of passionate desires for having fun, for laughter, for competition and Pam doesn't fill those roles right she she there's parts of it we'll play little games together and we get pretty competitive and that's fun but there's also other parts of my life that I want to share with other people and I seek those needs elsewhere which takes the pressure off of her to fill my needs but see, with a lot of husbands and wives, too, that's where there's that restlessness because then they they skew where they where they get those needs met. So things turn into destructive, you know, porn or gluttony or right. things that just really become destructive because you're you're just got that restless soul just kind of vibrating, spinning out of control. So. I just can't say that enough about really receiving that really unconditional love to start with. Right. Well, that, that's uh, where what you're talking about then starts to come down to an integrity issue of each individual. Because where I meet, where I seek my needs, right? it's up to me and only me to define, am I living by my core? Am I living by my values? Right. Because if I seek my needs in porn, then... I'm going against my values because that's bringing in other people into my marriage. And whether, you know, you want to say it's a betrayal or not, I know lots of women who have discovered a husband's porn addiction or dabbling and have been betrayed as if it was another woman. So yeah. it's, it's still skewing the relationship. And it's, so each person, you know, you make a commitment to the marriage, but you also make a commitment to yourself for your belief of that relationship and for who you yeah. are in that relationship. And that's where I think we always come back yeah. to. That's yeah. where you focus your energy. That's where you focus your growth. That's where you focus your learning. Right. Because that spills over to every area of your life and things get better. So to be stronger emotionally and spiritually and sexually and everything, it does mean that you are living, that's a good way to say it, in integrity with yourself. Right. Right. And that's that when it comes to the sexual arena for the high desire. Well, this, this applies to, I think, both spouses. I think so. One of the things I've believed in and started trying to uh, teach more of is... You want to try to get a relationship to the sweet spot of your spouse recognizes that they're completely replaceable sexually, mm -hmm. even though you're not at all looking to replace them. Because I live a full, vibrant life that I want to share that with another person living a full, vibrant life as well. And if I continue down that path and they continue to say, this is not who I am, this is not what I want, well, then I have decisions to make and that's just honesty 
mean, that's stuff that, yeah. that's the darker side of what people we don't like to talk about. Yeah, because the the uh, fallacy there could be get out of that and into another relationship because it's so sexual, and suddenly you'll be happy because you no. won't. Yeah, that, so, it, it, yeah, and that's the deprivation world. That's the right. Well, I'm not getting it here, so I'll get it there, and that'll make it okay. And then when you get it there, you realize. You know, the grass is greener on the other side, but you get there and you realize it's astroturf. Or well, and for the women, it could be not sex. They're looking for the guy that gives a lot more money, right? A better lifestyle because right. it's so, a whole package. You can't, you can't do one little thing here. It's it's the, it's the entirety of a life. But did, did we get to the woman? No, I I would encourage the women the same thing I always say to look at sex differently and and to look at your relationship so that you are nurturing yourself emotionally and spiritually and coming from a place of fullness and recognize that when you think your husband only thinks about sex, he's not applying the same meaning to sex as you are, where you think it's some physical thing uh, and you want some kind of emotional thing. You both want to meet in the middle. He wants the same thing as you. He wants connection and he wants to feel loved and significant. And he gets that by connecting with you sexually. Right. So so different things that you can do to look at your mate differently will help you. And could you to- add to it? Because this is a conversation Pam and I have had. One of the things that really helped her was a realization that I want her, yeah. not someone else. That I'm into her, not someone else. And that that's kind of that, okay, wait, I've got a man that's interested in me and i i think as a woman i think and as a girl i think that's kind of a basic basal thing that's in that's in her body of in her design of i want to be the beauty of a story i want to be pursued to be valued and so if that can be portrayed by the husband and the wife starts to acknowledge that and realize wait why am i pushing away the man that's after me Right. That that can change things, sort of. It can, sort of. If that's the man you stood at the altar with mm-hmm. and said, you know, I I promise to have and to hold you. Yeah. So are you are you keeping your vows there? And if not, what, you know, what's become skewed? And so if it is just low sex drive and and you're exhausted, look into what can help you with that. Yeah, maybe simplifying life, simplifying things, living more passionate or more in line with a career choice or, you know, cause that's, mm-hmm. you think of, think of what we sacrifice in the name of relationship or in the name of expediency or immediacy. Even we sacrifice the important for the sake of the immediate, you know, so, well, I want to be doing this, but the kids need this. So I'll do that. Or so maybe you need to, all right, how could I do both? more to where I, I put myself up the hierarchy a little more of importance and I start to go after some of what I want as well because that's self-care that's that spills over to other people around me yes namely in, included in that is definitely you know your physical fitness and how you eat and how you keep yourself physically energized and you know there's lots of things so we want to help yes we do and so this is a system. This is a system thing. Mm-hmm. It's not the high desire or the low desire. It's both. Exactly. But the beauty of that is, one person can start to change it for both. You know, whatever it is. Because even if a low desire wife 
since that's what we're talking about, had the magical thing of, okay, all of a sudden now my desire is back in it. That still puts pressure because the dynamic could still be going on of all he's seeking is sex, which that's just going to bring it back up again. So he still, has to, he still has to work on a fullness and a larger picture rather than mm. a simplistic, simple thing that he's searching for. He needs to look at <laughs> the larger thing. Exactly. Well, this has been Sexy you, Marriage Radio. Yep. And you guys can do it. We believe in you. So don't quit. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Let's talk about...